Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock. Special guests on the program today, Dr. Steve Washburn, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. Love talking today about God's passion for connection. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate your good introduction today. Uh, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and in the studio with me today is Miss Evelyn. And, and <laughs> Kathy and the Rock. Oh, Kathy and the Rock. <laughs> I called you Cindy a couple of times already today. Welcome, Kathy. It's great to be here today. It is good to be here, and boy, starting, it's January, a new year, and we're going to be talking about connection today and God's passion for connection with us. I'm, I'm excited about this topic because it makes such a difference in our lives, whether, you know, if we connect with God, how that influences how we connect with others and how we actually connect to the new year before us. Well, that's true. And we are in a new year. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, what was your New Year's resolution and how, resolution and how is that uh, working for you? Well, you know, uh, about two years ago, I stopped coming up with an official, you know, I remember that. A resolution and came up instead with just a word. So I try each each year to have one word that I focus on for that year. And so this year, it's purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, it gets me a little bit, um, some tears in my eyes, you know, a little bit with it because I, in the past, I've really felt kind of all over the place in evaluating my yeses and my noes and um, how I spend my time. And so this year, my word is purpose and trying to evaluate how I spend my time and what I do and, and what I get involved in based on the purpose that God has established for me. That's a good word. I like it. That's yeah. A good word. Okay. Well, mine, mine, as you remember, was to be brighter. Yes. Uh, let our light shine a little bit brighter than it has. And of course, today we're doing that as we're talking about connection. And we're going to be doing that with a very special friend today. Who is our guest today, Kathy? Oh, a fantastic guest. We have um, Pastor Steve Washburn, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, and uh, we're going to hear about everything that he's doing there, his beautiful wife, he has two grown sons and some precious grandchildren. I'm very excited to have him in the studio with us today. Welcome, Dr. Steve. Glad to be here. Thank You're you my for pastor, and I've got to be really good today. <laughs> yeah, you'd be on your P's and Q's today, Evelyn. Now, I have a question for you. If, if um, Evelyn's res- New Year's resolution is to shine brighter, how is it that she can shine brighter than she already I'm does? I'm not sure that can be done. I, you know, I think <laughs> she's known in our congregation and certainly across Austin as re- being one of the brightest lights in Austin. So. Well, thank you all. Now, I didn't put that out there, so you all pat me on the back today. But I think that... We have had a really uh, strong winter so far in the Austin area. We had a lot of dreary days, and I don't like dreary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think one of the things that's so exciting about where we are uh, in life and what it is that God's called us to do and, and what our purpose for being here is, Kathy, the excitement of doing that every day is yes. just enough to make us get bright and, and uh as my mom would say, bushy tail, but um, <laughs> we we are thrilled, uh, Dr. Steve, that you're here today, and we're really going to pick your heart and pick your brain, and um, I want to talk about uh, a little bit about Pflugerville and the excitement that you have in your church, 
in our church because you are my pastor. (laughs) Well, and a little bit about, my gosh, what you committed some of your fall to in contributing to the praying and praising across Texas, the new book that's out. We're really excited to hear about your chapter and everything you've put into that. So glad to be a part of that work. Well, it's um, it is it's it's going to be exciting because um, the first thing that we establish uh, in the new book is that uh, the Lord has a plan for us, and He laid that plan out for us to connect with Him, and that's what we're going to be talking about today's connection. And that basic thesis comes from Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Mm-hmm. Where God spoke and said, if you will do this, then I will do this. What was that if you will do that God said? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. That's a great, great promise from God. He promises to hear and to heal. How... how what is the healing we need today, basically, in our land, Steve? We're going to talk about that today. Oh, Evelyn, there's almost no end to the healing we need. We are uh, in the midst of a culture that's more evil than uh, uh, I have experienced in my lifetime, which is considerable. I'm not going to go into that right now. It's also more evil than it's been in the history of the United States. And some would, some would say that our culture is more evil than any in the history of the world so we certainly are in a need for healing more so than ever before. Well, you know, that's interesting because um, people don't like to admit that, number one, that things are as bad as they are. Uh, and the fact that we are in a period in our history in America where we're better connected than we've ever been in life with iPhones and iPads and all these things. We're certainly better connected with each other. We're not as connected with God as we should be. And I think perhaps in the past we've been more connected with God uh, than we are now. So that needs to be our focus. How do we get better connected with our Lord and our Savior? Well, what is that connection, NC? What is that connection? Uh-huh. Well, uh, we're talking, my chapter in your great book was aimed at passion for connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, God has not changed. He's always had a passion for connection with us. He's demonstrated that with his great redemptive plan, which, by the way, is unfolding with razor precision. The, uh, the issue we need to really consider is our lack of passion for connection with him. And it's toward that we need to focus our attention. Mm-hmm. Well, you uh, blessed us so much uh, when you wrote this chapter. Uh, passion for connection. Uh, and um, you start off in the book, in that chapter, talking about uh, a guy that had a phone, was in a grocery store. You know, it's, that has become the common sight that you see today. What was this guy doing? Well, it's not a guy. It's guys in general. And it's not just one age. It's all ages. Uh, next time you go to the grocery store, you kind of watch. There'll be men all over the store with their with their cell phones to their ears. And the situation is their wife has sent them to the store with a list or with an item to find there in the store and purchase and bring home. And when they get to the store, they don't know where this item is. So they're on the phone with their wife. 
and they're walking around looking for this item as their wife over the telephone guides them to these items. Now, you know, some things that I point out in the book uh, are that there are so many brands or so many different kinds of Cheerios. So if the wife just sends a man to get Cheerios, he's going to look at a shelf that has a dozen different kinds of Cheerios. If she sends him to get head and shoulders shampoo, there's, I forget how many, dozens of different kinds of head and shoulders shampoo. So when he goes to the grocery store and sees this, there's a frustration because he has no idea what kind of product she wants him to get. So you can see on their faces there's a frustration. There's an irritation. Let me tell you this. My wife sent me last week to get Eagle Brand milk. (laughs) That was my assignment, Eagle Brand milk. Now, any man would go to the dairy section to find Eagle Brand milk. I searched and searched and searched for Eagle Brand milk. Could not find it. I called my wife on the cell phone. She said it's in the baking section. Yes. Now, I'm telling you, that's the kind of frustration men have in the grocery stores and why so many of us are on the cell phones. Here's the point. Here's the point. Um, Passion comes from knowledge. Frustration comes from ignorance. You can see frustration on these men's faces. You don't see that same kind of frustration on the, on the faces of the women because they know what they're looking for and they know where to find it. We men, for the most part, don't. How does that line up with our lives spiritually? Just like we can see frustration in the eyes of many men in grocery stores. We can see frustration in the eyes and on the faces and in the lives of so many people in life because they just don't know how to live. They're trying to find happiness. They're trying to find peace. They're trying to find victory in life, and they just do not know where to look. On the other hand, you see victory and joy and passion in the lives of Christ followers who have found the Lord and know how to follow the Lord. So when we talk about a passion for connection, we're talking about people who have knowledge, head knowledge and heart knowledge on how to have that walk with the Lord. One of the things that um, brought us to writing this book, and it's written with Kathy and and you and um, eight other Mm -hmm. co-authors, Uh, is the way that we look at life today and look at issues in our nation and the things that do not line up with what we believe God wants us to spend our life being or doing. And we're going to talk about that some today. Um, It is important that we take the blinders off and look at some of the issues and some of the things that are a part of our life that, are kind of like, you know, you being in the grocery store. You have a frame of reference about milk. Milk comes from here, and it's not here. It's somewhere else. And so it's not just location sometimes. It's definition of things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as to what brings the frustration and the concern in our lives. So uh, we do need to take our break. We want to do that. We want to come back. We'll talk about some of these issues Dr. Steve, that we look at today, that we're facing today, number one, we may not understand, we may not agree with, or we may not even want to consider. We just want to put blinders on and let somebody else go to the grocery store for us. We'll do that right after this. 
Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Engebrock here at the Bridge 1120 Today's Christian Talk. And welcome back. This is Kathy Endebrock with Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, the love lady herself. In the studio today with special guest, uh, Dr. Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. And we are talking about connection and God's passion for connection. And now, uh, Dr. Washburn, when we went out, you were telling us about a story of a gentleman in a grocery store with his cell phone. His wife has told him, get some Cheerios, baby. And he is walking up and down looking at 20 different kinds of Cheerios, and he is frustrated. And you you said, you know, frustration does come from ignorance, but passion comes from wisdom and knowing. Now, I'd like you to really expand on that a bit. Uh, How are those frustrations that, you know, are due to our ignorance, how are those related to the issues we face today? Well, um, my thinking is that in our Christian life today, we are so caught up looking at the trees that we're not able to see the forest. Mm -hmm. And we just need to back up a little bit from the trees and look at the forest and the knowledge and the wisdom of the things going on in our world today, I believe, will help give us a passion for our walk with the Lord. In Ephesians chapter uh, 1, beginning in uh, verse 15, going down, through verse 23, Paul prays for us. 
he prays that God give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's, so that's a, a head knowledge. He also prays uh, that the Lord give us heart uh, knowledge also. So there we have Paul in Scripture praying that we have this kind of knowledge. So when I think about knowledge, I think about the condition of the culture in which we live, which is sad. Evelyn, you've already brought that up. But I'd like to, if I may, go ahead and kind of uh, touch on... Let's talk about some of those issues, Steve. Sure. Um, We have been, from the offset, a Christ-based constitutional republic. We're not a democracy, as many people uh, describe us. In a democracy, everybody gets a voice on everything. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be impossible with 300 million of us. We are a democracy in that our founding fathers wrote a constitution and our leaders today are duty-bound to lead us according to that constitution. The thing that so many people may not know is that our founding fathers wrote that early constitution based on Scripture. So in that regard, we are a Christ-based constitutional republic. And God blessed us for so many years because we were a nation built on the Lord and his teachings. Those blessings continued until uh, the early 1960s. In 1962, the beginning of the sexual revolution, we began growing as a nation of perversion. Uh, That's also when the gay rights (coughs) movement began and began to take hold prior to that time, prior to 1962. Uh, We were a nation of heterosexual marriage, as God describes in the Bible. We've grown now today to where in 30 states, uh, same-sex marriage is legal. So it's, it's morphed considerably since 1962. In 1962 also is when uh, prayers were banned from our schools. And that downward spiral in, uh, in becoming a godless nation, a, nat- uh, a nation where God is no longer welcome, has also slidden and slidden and, and slidden where, to where now uh, I heard on the radio the other day that uh, a war memorial where a, sol- where a soldier statue bowing before a cross is being taken out of one of our cemeteries. So we became a perverse nation. We became a godless nation, and of course, in 1973, is uh, when Roe versus Wade made um, abortion legal in our nation. And as of today, we have murdered, executed over 57 million children. I wish there was a softer way to say that. There just is not. Mm -hmm. We have executed 57 million children. So if we back away from the trees so that we can observe the forest, we have become a godless, perverse, uh, uh, death-ridden culture. And God is removing and, for the most part, has removed his uh, blessings and his favor from us. That's the culture in which we live, a culture of death and perversion and godlessness. How like that is the time we talked about when Solomon, when God spoke to Solomon, and he had a little wake-up call and began to see issues. Uh, Even Habakkuk, you know, when he looked at his world and it was so bad, and, and he was complaining to God, and God said, I'm going to do a new thing. Mm-hmm. He said, you do it, and I'm going to write it on the billboard. 
uh, I guess it was Ezekiel. You know, Ezekiel looked out at a valley and all he saw was dead people, Mm -hmm. bones and Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And what God said to him, there's going to come a day Mm -hmm. that I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to put a brand new heart in in God's, in people's hearts. Well, of course, it was to Solomon Mm -hmm. to whom God first issued 2 Chronicles Mm -hmm. 7.14. So God was giving provision for all of those uh, failures ahead of time. And that provision still applies to us today. When you look at these individual uh, issues that you talked about, let's talk about a couple of them. Okay. We are coming up very shortly with Sanctity of Life Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I know that um, you love our church. I know that you are loved by our people. How will you um, speak to that, uh, the Sunday of Sanctity of Life, or what will we do in the city of Austin in that regard? Well, in the city of Austin, I don't know. In the city of Austin, I hope it will be uh, acknowledged and recognized, and I hope preachers will will speak to it. Uh, You mentioned a while ago that your resolution for this year, summed up with the word light, you'll have no problem fulfilling that resolution. If I were to sum up my resolution for uh, 2015, it would be the word salt. Oh, I love salt. <laughs> I can't have it. Well, you know, salt makes you thirsty. Well, it preserves. It and preserves. It preserves and it protects. It and preserves. sugar just makes you sweet. You yeah. know, makes you fat. Well, salt stops decay. Light shows the way, and they are to be. They are to be uh, a duo. That's a duet. You know, in the first recorded sermon of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, the first thing he says is he gives us the Beatitudes, and right after the Beatitudes, he says, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And he doesn't, he doesn't mean for us to choose between those two. He, he intends for us to do both of those. So I think as the kingdom church, I think we're doing an adequate job in being light, light showing the way, evangelism. Mm-hmm. We can always do better, but we have a lot of focus on evangelism, and that is great. Where we're failing, I believe, is on being salt. Uh, light shows the way, salt stops decay. So our kingdom church has done um, a sorry job since 1962 preventing decay. We've been sequestered in our choir rooms, in our Bible studies, in our worship services. And we've been quiet, and we've been silent, and we've been passive uh, since 1962 in allowing our culture, the culture around us, to become a godless, um, uh, dying, mm-hmm. and perverse generation. Uh, in, uh, in Revelation chapter 3, I believe, verse 14, Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea, uh, says to them, the problem you have is that you are lukewarm. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you be cold or hot, but since you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. And again, those are rather harsh words. I, I cannot see why... Those same instructions do not apply to us as a kingdom church today. I don't think God is at all pleased with our passiveness. Mm-hmm. I don't believe God is at all pleased with our tolerance. We need to be light and at the same time be salt. So to answer your question, what am I going to do on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, once again, as I have done for years, I'm going to address the issue. Yeah. I'm going to address the issue from yeah. Scripture And I'm going to challenge our people to take up the issue 
and to be vocal about it and to vote about it. The difference between a monarchy, which is what we had when Scripture was written, mm-hmm. the people to whom these words were written lived in a, in a monarchy. There was very little they could do to be salt. They did all they could. They wrote. They preached. They lived it. They demonstrated a Christ lifestyle. But there was very little they could do in a monarchy uh, that was legal to be salt. We no longer live in a monarchy. We live in a Christ-based constitutional republic where we still have the freedom to speak. I don't know how much longer that will last. We have freedom to speak. Uh, we have freedom to vote. And we have freedom to, to demonstratively live a Christ-like life. We need to be doing that. We haven't been doing that. Our churches have been silent and our preachers have been silent. So I encourage my people on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday to be bold, to speak out, speak out in the marketplace, speak out in public, and to elect Christian leaders who will, who will lead us according to Scripture. I think that is uh, exactly uh, bullseye. I mean, big bullseye, Kathy. Yes. Uh, I do a lot of work with a lot of different pastors and uh, have done that for years. And uh, the, the heart is there to do what we need to do because of, of God's blessings on us as a nation. It's just that it, it's become so perverse, as you have indicated. One of the things that I'm excited about with Sanctity of Sunday is the Right to Life rally that will have its state capital uh, Saturday, uh, a week from um, uh, t- today. Well, actually, uh, to, it is today. I'm sorry, we're taping this early today. Um, the people who really believe in life are going to be on the south steps, see. But on the north steps, it's going to be equally representative of those who disagree with us about the life of human beings. Whether you're talking about an unborn baby or you're talking about someone whose life is is just uh, not uh, replenishing itself that, you know, is uh, deteriorating. When we look at those things and we see how those two forces are going to come together and argue, it will make big news big time. Much like when... We had the um, August 2nd Praying and Praising Cross Texas thing that uh, was the birth idea for the book that mm-hmm. we've written, Kathy. Yes. Uh, when that rally, or, and it was not a rally, it was solemn assembly, and you were there, you helped lead us. As we prayer walked the Capitol grounds, went to the Ten Commandments that Greg Abbott had fought so diligently to preserve, uh, go in all the areas of the Capitol to pray over the coming uh, legislative session, that immediately after we had the prayer walk and all that, 12 busloads of Islamic protesters arrived at the Capitol, unloaded signs that said, kill the infidels. That was a wake-up call for a lot of people in this city. And across this state. And that is one of the reasons that we put together Praying and Praising Across Texas to help us know how to pray and when to pray and to pray together. And uh, your chapter in this book is just so good because it tells us that God has spoken to us in regard to what we are to do. That we're to look at the world in which we live 
Mm-hmm. The culture around us. Mm-hmm. See these things that you talked about today, and we're going to talk about a few more of them today. See those and wake up to the fact that we've got to report for active duty. We've got to find our voice, and we've got to make it own. And our cry this year for the theme for National Day of Prayer is, Hear our cry, O Lord. Yes, and you know, I, I, I think this is all linked together by today's topic of connection because those who are really, um, um, are not pro-life, who are very, uh, willing to, uh, end the life of a child, who believe that, you know, 57 million um, execution of innocent life is fine. Uh, their argument is that we are not connected, that my choice does not affect you and your choice does not affect mm-hmm. me. But this is not what God establishes as the truth. Um, our life affects the life of our neighbor. Yes. Our neighbor's life affects our life. The choices that a dad makes affect the life of his family. The choices that uh, a mom makes affects the life of her husband and her family. God truly has made us connected. And so I think if we take a look at how God has connected us, it does shed light and urges us on towards being salt within this world and maybe gives us a bit of light how, because we truly are at a point of a decision within this country because we have before us the opportunity um, as the church within this nation yes. uh, to turn things around, yes. to draw back to God, to get ourselves back under his hand of blessing. Or we have the, the choice to continue to let the train go yes. and to see just like what happened to the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom yes. when they let that yes. train go to be scattered to the north winds. Well, we're going to uh, discuss, wow, what a great conversation. Looking forward to uh, talking more with you on this. When we get back, we're going to go out and hear from our sponsors, but we're going to be, uh, when we get back, talking about praying for spiritual insight, what that means, head knowledge and heart knowledge. How do you get that? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ellison Salazar, garage and body shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. 
If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Endebrock here at The Bridge, 1120, today's Christian Talk. And welcome back. This is Kathy Endebrock in studio with Evelyn Davison on Love Talk, talking about connection today and God's passion for connection. We have special uh, guest, Dr. Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, Texas. And we have been talking about connection and passion, and you've led us through some um, beautiful metaphors where we can really picture and understand what you're talking about. And you also uh, talked about the church as being salt and light. Light shows the way salt stops decay and how maybe church has done a good job with light of evangelism, but not being salt and stopping the decay within this, within this nation. And we mentioned some this word passion. I love this word passion because you've got it or you've don't got it. And passion in marriage makes all the difference. <laughs> passion in connection makes all the difference. And, you know, you can have passion for good things. You can also have passion for some pretty bad things. Dr. Washburn, can you talk to us? Talk, tell me a little bit about passion. What does passion have to do with where we are currently at in our nation today? Well, I think we have to begin with the birth of, birth of our nation. Our nation was birthed out of a passion from Christ followers. It was Christ followers who saw the unfairness and the injustice. It was, it was uh, preachers in the pulpits of our nation who spoke passionately to these injustices that gave birth to the, birth, to the uh, beginning of our nation. Uh, if we look uh, this morning at the things, Evelyn, that you've already mentioned, you mentioned the... Um, the rally at the Capitol Mm -hmm. as uh, our legislature was considering the uh, pro-life amendments. You and I were both there. As we think about the uh, GLBT movement, the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender movement in our nation, and you also made reference to the great turnout of Muslims at the Capitol who followed us in there. Each of those, the Islamic movement in our nation, the GLBT movement, and the pro-choice movement, the thing that they have that Christ's church does not have is passion. We have lost our passion. God has passion for us. We no longer have passion for him. We see these couplings all through Scripture uh, where we're encouraged to have passion. We've already mentioned uh, Jesus' early on instruction for us to be salt and light. Light is important. We need to do that and do a better job of that. But there in that instruction, salt is mentioned first. When asked what were the greatest commandments, Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor. Loving God came first. And it's that same pattern all through Scripture. Our relationship to him and our defense of his holiness always comes first. We have to defend his holiness first. And then reach out to others. If we don't have a passion for defending his holiness, then our evangelism is not going to be what it should. I'm a member of the uh, Southern Baptist denomination. Among Southern Baptists, 
evangelism has always been and should always be a great priority. But in the last few years, our baptisms, and that's the only measure we have, have begun to decline for the first time in the history of this nation. I'm sure the same thing is true in other evangelical uh, faith systems. For the first time in our history, Southern Baptists, uh, our missionaries are beginning to decline. Fewer people are yielding to that calling to go do foreign mission work. For the first time in the history of our denomination, there are more women yielding to missions than men. There's nothing wrong with women in missions, but there's something very wrong with the decline in, in men. So as our passion is waning, so is our evangelism waning. People, I think, need to see passion in us for God's holiness. They need to see something different about us uh, in, our, in our walk with the Lord uh, in order to be attracted to us. Our gospel presentation is being negatively affected because we're losing our passion for holiness. Steve, do you think it's because we don't care? Are we, what do you think the real problem is here? Have we lost our passion uh, to the extent that we just let the world go to hell in a handbasket? Or is it that we are fearful or we feel like we're not um, educated well enough? What do you think we need to do? Uh, I've been over to some third world countries, and I see in these third world countries they still have the passion. Yes, I was actually going to say that when I see videos of the church in China, the passion, the enthusiasm, the the smile on their faces, their great desire to tell you about what Christ is doing, it, you, it's unbelievable almost to me. And it inspires me. And, I, you know, I just... It's amazing because I think, is the church in America inspiring that? I don't know, but boy, what God is doing in other nations is inspiring us. And I think serving as an example to us that we need that passion that he has poured out over them. What they have, I think, over there that we, that we don't have, or, or vice versa, what we have they don't have, is affluence. Mm. God has blessed us with, with mm-hmm. great affluence. And in our affluence... Uh, just as uh, perhaps Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, we have, uh, and I'm talking about even Christ followers, we've turned our back on the need for passion. Can I put this out to you, Dr. Washburn? You can tell me what you think. You know, there's books that are out about your best life now, and it is all about per, that um, if God loves you, you are going to be blessed. You're going to have money. You're going to have everything. And so people go after the the affluence rather than going after God. And, um, you know, obviously that model does not work in any other nation but, but America because we do have, we're so, um, as far as our economy, our ability to get access to things, you know, we can live quite well. And in other nations, that's just not the option. They see more clearly what, you know, it's you go after God for God. And so how do we get away from this pursuit of affluence and instead say, Lord, whatever you bring, I just want, I want you. You know, Rick Warren begins his best-selling book, Purpose Driven Life, with the line, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. That's his opening line. What you're describing is a shift in our preaching in our nation where it is about you. But it never has been. It's always been about Jesus Jesus first, others second, and we come a far distant third. Uh, you're right. We have, we have elevated ourselves to a place 
where it's about us and what we can get out of this. That's never been the case. It never will be the case. The danger in our nation and in our sustained influence is it's not going to last much longer. God just won't mm-hmm. allow it to last much longer. What we can do is we can begin being salt. Yes. If, you know, if we will begin taking a stand for who we are, who God, who we are in God, and who we are because of God, if we can get that movement going, um, then, then yes, we'll make it about God and we'll make it about others. And, uh, and there will be something authentic and real about us. Just like the underground church in China. They're, they're, willing, they're willing to offer their life. Yes. For the gospel. You know, uh, we look at church in general, the way church is done today, the way it was done when I grew up. Uh, it's different. But, you know, it's wonderful, Steve. It is absolutely wonderful. Uh, You've pastored First Baptist Church how long now? It'll be 25 years in October. What do you like about it? I was nine years old when I came here. Oh, my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Let me tell one one bigger than that. (laughs) (laughs) What what is it so exciting about First Baptist Church in Pflugerville? Well, you know, if I... Yeah... First Baptist Church in Pflugerville is alive. I think when people come to visit us, the first thing they sense when they come through the doors, they tell me, is they can really sense the Holy Spirit among yeah, us. I know. Before they shake hands with the first person, before the first smiling face gets to them, they can sense the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Some people aren't looking for that, and I'm not faulting them. I, I'm just sure. saying uh, some people are looking for other things. But if people are looking for the presence of the Holy Spirit, they'll find that in First Baptist Pflugerville. Well, it's because you're a great leader. and you, Oh, it's because of the Holy Spirit. Well, mm-hmm. that's true. But he leads you is the reason no, that so. it's, it's and, and others. You know, we didn't, you know, a church is not just a pastor. Oh, absolutely. A church is salt shakers. People don't <laughs> get away there and <laughs> shake good. that salt a little bit. And, you know, sometimes we really get into it and then we just get tired and we don't do it for a while. And then we wake up one day and, you know, we'll say, we'll sing the song, I surrender all. And you say, okay, Lord, I'm going back. I'm going to be better light or I'm going to be better salt. One of the things that, um, that I, that I wanted us to talk about, uh, today, uh, with you, Dr. Steve, is what is your favorite scripture passage when you talk about passion? Because you've got it. I mean, it's there. Uh, and people are, in, you know, we love it. And, and pastors in this city love you. And the work that you're doing with young pastors that, that need someone to help them uh, ask the right questions and get the right answers. All of these things are important in the life, I think, of Central Texas, of Austin and Pflugerville and Round Rock and Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. What is it about the Word? We have a couple of minutes where we have to take our break. What is it about God's Word that builds that passion in your heart? Well, there are many places, uh, Evelyn. I think when uh, you asked me to write this chapter for your book, uh, I had just preached on Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 23. And, of course, that was the, uh, that was the first passage that came to my mind. I wouldn't put this above others. But if I may, I'd just like to read that yes. passage. Would that be all right? And I'm reading out of the uh, Holman Christian Standard translation. Paul writes to the church or churches at Ephesus. This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... 
I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, that's where he begins his prayer. I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened as you know what is the hope of his calling. Eyes, uh, let me... Let me stop here and jump over my Bible. I'm reading off of a reading. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength? Now, verse 20. He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. That's where we live now. And he put everything under his feet. And appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fulfills all things in every way. Uh, the reason I'm drawn to this passage is because we can kind of outline Paul's prayer for us there. He's praying for uh, head knowledge or wisdom for us, which is very important. That's kind of where I begin in this paragraph. Uh, wisdom and knowledge leads to passion, where ignorance leads to frustration. But he goes on also in uh, verse 18 and says, I pray that the eyes of your heart uh, would be open. So he's praying for head knowledge and heart knowledge. Mm -hmm. So both of those are very important. We understand knowledge and wisdom. I think one of the things perhaps that confuses us is this heart um, understanding. It's it's kind of an unspoken... um, heart connection with God, the way a child understands their father's heart. And both of those are important. And if we have those, we become passionate. So those need to be the things for which we're praying. Yeah, so that takes head knowledge, that means God's word, and it takes spirit life. Right, right. Which, and so that we do one thing, we can look at our world and see what God's doing. Yes. In our lives and the lives of others. Let's take our break, come back. We want to talk about that just a little bit more with Dr. Steve Washburn, who is pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as you enter town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest-growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Was your website built by a programmer or a marketer? It makes a difference, a huge difference. Think, marketing is a local boutique ad agency that builds websites around you, your business, and your customers. This approach is Y-O-U-centric. Visit thinkmarketingtexas.com to learn more. That's thinkmarketingtexas.com. It won't cost you to sit down and find out how you can have a website that looks fantastic while making you money. 
Come on, isn't it time to update your website? ThinkMarketingTexas.com ThinkMarketingTexas.com You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock here at The Bridge, 1120, today's Christian Talk. And welcome back. This is Kathy Enderbrock in studio with Evelyn Davison for Love Talk on The Bridge, 1120 a.m. I am going to get this right. <laughs> We've been a long place. It's had a long train. I'm, I'm trying to find my page one going. You know, I say these numbers all the time when I'm talking to my friends because I'm in Georgetown and they say, now, what is that station again? I say 1120, 1120, 1120. <clears throat> but then, I, you know, I'm looking at our phone number, which we're going to give for the love line going out. And I'm getting all these numbers jumbled in my head. Well, we are talking today about connection and we are in our last segment and We've covered so many things, and, and one of the things that I love, um, you know, Dr. Washburn, you said that light shows the way and, and salt stops decay, and we need to be light and salt, salt and light. We've talked about head knowledge and heart knowledge, and, um, and this is, you covered these in your chapter on connection in praying and praising across Texas. And, and we'll get to how individuals can get their hands on that book. Because I know that they're going to want to begin praying with us um, on the 20th of this month and then the 20th of, of each consecutive month after that. And you make the point about heart knowledge that that is like a sixth sense. And now that's not the sixth sense of being able to see dead people. This is the sixth sense of being able to, like Jesus said, I do what I see my father doing Mm -hmm. and I speak the words that I am told. Now that's pretty amazing that the Lord would bring us to a point of having this sense of being able to see where his hand is moving that we can join in. Um, Knowing his word and know the words that he is speaking, that we would be able to speak those words. And that's just an incredible thing. And you make some really incredible points in your chapter on um, in praying and praising across Texas. And the first one is that with connection, knowing that he is the way, the truth and the life and and being in that personal relationship with him, that personal connection, you know that you will never be alone. And we know that loneliness right now is killing Americans. We are on all kinds of of, uh, medication to aid with loneliness. And uh, so you will never be alone. And I know you have several after that. What are the ones that really stand out for you to say, look, if you can get your hands wrapped or your mind wrapped around this, these points of what connection means, it will change your life. Well, you know, the thing about Scripture that's uh, that's so important to us and there's so many things. But if we're assuming, as we should, that God's passion never changes, mm-hmm. has always been and will always be. If uh, if our emphasis is on recognizing God's passion doesn't change, but our passion needs to increase to match his, then all of Scripture becomes alive with all of these uh, great connection promises. And one you've mentioned, Kathy, is from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It means that we, we will never be alone. He'll always be there with us, and uh, he'll never abandon us. Another might be Luke chapter 21, uh, 17 and 18. It means you will always be protected. Uh, in John chapter 15, verse 7, it means your prayers will always be answered. What a great promise and connection that is. 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It means your needs will always be met. Always be met. In John 14, 27, it means that peace will always quiet your heart. What a great promise. In John chapter 11, verse 26, it means you will never die. Never, never die. In John 14, verses 2 and 3, it means you will always have a home with the Lord. So hearing these promises and incorporating them in our own passion is a very important thing, indeed. Well, you know, we've talked, Dr. Steve, about the difference in knowing it in your head and living it in your heart. And that comes when you recognize the voice of the one who loves us and gave his life for us. You told a story recently about two little girls in a, in a grocery line. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I was, I was trying to, uh, to illustrate perhaps this very truth, the difference between head knowledge and uh, heart knowledge. I described it just before the break as a sixth sense. And I think one of the things that's helped me kind of grasp that for explanation is uh, a few weeks ago I was in HEB, and uh, God teaches me much while I'm at HEB. Yes. That's also where I was looking for the equal brand milk, by the way. <laughs> but I was in HEB, and in front of me in the checkout line were uh, two mothers and their two daughters. I'm guessing they were four, maybe. Could be five. But uh, the mothers didn't know each other, but these two little girls became best friends immediately as they visited. And you'll recall, as you go through those checkout lines, there's always this candy rack that goes all the way down to the floor, right at eye level for these little children. One little girl began grabbing one piece of candy after another and turning to her mother and saying, Mommy, Mommy, can I have this? And she would say, No, put that back. Mommy, Mommy, can I have this? No, put that back. And she was going virtually through the entire candy rack that way. The second little girl turned to her mother, looked up at her mother. Her mother just quietly shook her head no. And that second little girl just stood quietly. And it was because that second little girl had a, a heart communication with her mother. She already knew her mother's heart. She didn't have to go through all of that uh, uh, rigmarole the first one was going through. That's the kind of thing that Paul's referring to here uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, um, verse 18. And that is that he's praying that we have that kind of a, uh, eyes in our heart that we're able to see and understand God's heart. And what a wonderful thing that is. Not everyone has that. Many people, I'm afraid, are like that first little girl grabbing one thing after another after another. And very frustrated. Yeah, very frustrated. There you go. Not quite understanding uh, you know, what our Father is saying. But that sixth sense that, uh, God, that Paul was praying for for us, once we have that, we get it. Well, we we've talked a lot today, Dr. Washburn, and I thank you so much for coming. I, I know you are a busy guy, and you love Pflugerville and all the people <laughs> in, in our area. Uh, but I want us to, we've talked a lot today about Christians and church and how we should wake up and really report. Uh, get out of the, stop hiding out, as I call the prayer closets, and get on active duty. And begin to allow God to use us as a voice uh, for goodness and mercy and, and kindness. And above all, thanks for life. Uh, but we have a large audience that listens to us that do not know the reality of this kind of love of the Lord Jesus. Let's talk to them for a few minutes. Well, I would begin with the pastors. Uh, I know a lot of pastors and I'm friends with a lot of pastors. One of my passions early on was for pastors and still is as you know i've got uh 
I'm, I'm a member of some groups and lead some groups. But uh, pastors are going to need to return to the uh, passion that the early pastors in our nation had for not avoiding these things and to addressing them, not exclusively at all, but these things are part of the full, uh, full, fullness of the gospel. And uh, pastors are going to have to return to preaching about these issues boldly, lovingly, but boldly. We have to get away from this mentality that I want people to know what we're for, not what we're against. Well, that's not God. God is for salvation, but he's against sin. Jesus went to the cross not because of what he was for. He went to the cross because of what he was against. He was against sin, and that sin had to be dealt with. So we as pastors are going to have to get uh, a little more focused in defending the holiness of our holy God. Uh, You know, when God first revealed himself to Moses... He did not say, Moses, I am strong. Moses, I am powerful. Moses, I am wise. He didn't say, Moses, I am loving. He said, Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. The important thing to God is that we win the lost, but the important thing to God is that we stand up for holiness. And that has to begin in the pulpit. We have people that need to know today I'm sorry, we have people who need to know today that the Lord is waiting for them to listen. He wants to fill their heart. And we do that so simply, Dr. Steve, as we close. First of all, you have to admit that you need him, Mm -hmm. that you're lost without him, that you're living in sin and you want to live in in light and in love. Secondly, is you believe that Jesus Christ is real and he came to pay the price of love for you. Mm-hmm. And see that you come to confess him as Lord and Savior. That's what church will help us do. Uh, we do want to give your contact information as our closing today. and want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank How you. How can our friends get a hold of you? Well, uh, our website is okay. org. My email, you just add Steve mm-hmm. to the front of that, steve at org. Well, thank you again for being with us. Thank you for having me. Uh Yes, I've enjoyed it. uh, You can give us a call at 249-512-249-6535 or catch us on the web at uh, www.lovetalknetwork.com. In the meantime, we pray you have a wonderful week this week and that you truly will learn to just see as God sees your life and see the world through the eyes of your love for him. See you next week.